interrupt this transmission to bring you the following live broad no value. How's everyone doing tonight? Woo! It's Wednesday. It's six o'clock somewhere. With John ready in his chair. And almost ten whole people watching from home. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? It's time for the Think So Joe Show! John's second biggest fan says that they're not ready. They're not ready for you. No, they're not. Joe, it's John. This is Sam. It's Sam from Wasted Reject. Hi, what's up, guys? He's got a he's got a new tune we're gonna play today. He's got a show coming up. You got all kinds of stuff, uh, all kinds of stuff going. On. You got the Overlook reunion coming up oh, as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, reunion and farewell. <laughs> all right, exactly. Slinky yeah. Cubes is ready. Whoever that is. <laughs> oh, I know you. Hey, Alan, how you doing, okay. bud? <laughs> all right. So yeah. Uh, we haven't had a guest on the show in quite a while. And it's Ryan. And it is, yeah, Ryan was the last one. It is 87 degrees in Buffalo, and we got a little tiny desk fan. So, this might be a fun show. <laughs> <laughs> Katie is also not ready. <laughs> nah, you're not, hon, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Sam. We've already introduced him. Anyway. <laughs> oh, maybe, hey, maybe they're just catching in now. Maybe they missed that. She literally started the show by saying, I'm not ready. Oh, she's, <laughs> Laura's been here all the yeah, whole time. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's, yeah. That's yeah, Laura that, for that you. Name, that name rings a bell now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I had programmed in one of the songs you dropped over the last couple of days, and then I'm getting ready to start, I'm getting ready to clean up the studio, and I get a text from John. He says, hey, this is, this is Sam's new track. Like, okay. Wait, what new track? I, he, he gave the me a trick. one you sent me from two, a couple days ago. During the week. Okay. Is that, is that yeah. okay? Is that you know good? what? Yeah, that'll be fine. <laughs> that'll be fine. I mean, we could play the other ones if, you, if you'd rather oh, do no, that. that. We could figure that, that, that out. That'll okay. be okay. No. Okay, cool. That'll be great. Cool, cool. All right. <laughs> no, I just... Communication, John. <laughs> well, I just thought, you said that was Masters, like... And, <laughs> That's a pretty good song. Yeah, it is a good yeah, that's one. That's a really good song. <laughs> that's why I'm allowing it. I, yeah, I, I'm just... You, you feel now. You used to don't feel. Now you feel now. Okay. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was scrolling through Facebook the other day, and I saw the, the Clerks 2 uh, with one of your new singles. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, a, that was just... Uh, I just learned that DistroKid does that. Yeah, we, we actually did that for uh, Cat Girls. We did that one, and uh, what else did we do? Do you remember? We did two of them for Cat Girls. The, the videos, like the movie videos. We did the Clerks one. Clerks one. And uh, we did another one. I can't remember what the other one was. Yeah, I can't remember the top of my head. Um, but we did two of them. Uh, John, how is the foot? I am doing, I'm feeling much better. Uh, I, I go back next week and hopefully I'm pretty much healed. Hopefully? Hopefully. Hopefully, because you've uh, <laughs> you got a show the next day and then a trip to Nashville the day after that. Oh, yeah. No sleep. <laughs> no sleep. No sleep. To Brooklyn. Well, to Nashville. And, oh, to and Nashville. not even in Nashville. 
I've already reached out. I reached out to my buddy, uh, my buddy uh, Cassidy from uh, BodySlam.net, because he's going to be hanging out down in Nashville. I'm like, hey, you could be in Nashville. He says, yeah. I said, uh, I don't suppose you got time to have lunch. He's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm not even going to SummerSlam. <laughs> Hashtag no sleep, John. Yep. And no sleep. That's that's uh, that's kind of been your experience in going on trips with me, has it not? Yeah, pretty you, much. <laughs> you, you got no sleep uh, go in, on the trip to Pittsburgh. What well, kind of uh, on the bus? You the slept bus, on the yeah. bus a little bit. We did sleep in the hotel uh, for a very brief period of time because yeah. by the time we got food was two thirty in the morning, and we got picked up at like six thirty. So we got like four hours of sleep, and then yeah. Like, we could sleep on the bus. We could probably sleep on the plane. That's, you know, that's doable. The day before, or the day of the show. Yeah. Um, so literally, like, we are, we are finishing... Um, I'm going to turn my mic down. I am way too hot. Um, we're finishing uh, our gig at Stamps on the 29th. We are figuring out where the gear is going. Yes. And then we are basically going straight to the airport and catching yes. a plane. So, it's gonna be fun, and then and then from there, we go to the stadium. We watch the show. We go back to the airport. <laughs> John should only sleep in mansions. I like the way she thinks. <laughs> you know what? I kind of do too. I agree with that. I think everybody should just. Be I, I believe in she a was saying hi. I saw you waving. I believe she was saying hi to this Johnny. Oh, Mr. Johnny Mercury in the chat. He's been he's not been here in a minute. Yeah. I thought he was going to order one of them uh Ask John t-shirts. He, he told me he did. Okay. I didn't He I told didn't, me he already did. I a didn't couple a, cu a couple weeks ago. Okay. I haven't looked at the order page, so maybe that's on shirt. me. I still yeah. got to do that. Right. <laughs> so uh John's second biggest fan is going to continue asking who the guy in the back is. Oh. <laughs> I used to be in a band with him. About maybe what five four years ago? Yeah, used to be an overlook. I'm starting to think that you've used to be in a band with everybody. Yes, because like I get around. Because like we found out Tuesday last week that we're losing our bass player, and we're like, all right, we could probably just put this off till over the sh till after the show uh, on the 29th, and then it was like. You've been selected to play music as art. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and Ryan's like, well, I'm, I'm not available. So I'm like, shit, all right, I guess we'll put it out there that we're looking for a bass player. So I, uh, I, I put it out there that we're looking for a bass player, and then the next night, John calls me. Hey, I found a bass player. <laughs> you did? <laughs> and this dude shows up in practice on Tuesday and just nails everything. Nails it. Like, already knew all the songs. I was shocked. We like, didn't... Like, I kind of had faith in him the whole time. Like, you know, Ryan was there, and Ryan was going to teach him anything he didn't know, and we literally only had to stop a couple of times so Ryan could be like, yo, play it this way, you know? So. So, anyway, yeah. yeah. So, but it turns out it's a guy you were in a band with before. Overlook. Very, very yeah. briefly. A band with, <laughs> also Sam. with Sam. So, 
So yeah, yeah, yeah he's all, I was a little surprised, but I'm, I'm glad it's working out. I'm glad it's working out. Yeah, it, uh, I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised, because usually when it's like, oh, somebody new's coming in, great, here we go again, you know? <laughs> and, well, yeah, uh, you feel like you got to start over, you got to, but they really felt I, like I it. I don't know time. if it's I don't know if it's necessarily the feeling of like you gotta start over or, I mean, or the feeling music, of but you gotta teach him or the feeling of being like you know an introvert and and kind of antisocial and like yeah. you're meeting new people like that kind of like like when you join the band I'm like oh fuck all right here we go let's go meet this guy so <laughs> you thought I was a kid <laughs> yeah random guy in the back which is better Coke or Pepsi asks John's second favorite uh, second biggest fan. And, uh, and and Katie cleared that up for her already. Clearly Pepsi. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean that's what John handed me. Um, honestly, it depends on if it's the regular or the zero. Okay. Because like Pepsi Zero, I really like. I like it better than Coke Zero, but regular Coke I like better than regular Pepsi. So it really is a toss up. There is Pepsi Zero in the fridge if you want some of that. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm okay. This is this is gonna okay. hold me over. Okay. Cool. I mean, it is, once the cans run out, if you need Pepsi Zero or water, there's that in the fridge, so, <laughs> but, because uh, it is 80-something degrees right now. Some person said it was 91, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I get, well, Amazon's telling me 87, so I'm going to go with what Amazon I'm tells sure. me. Sure. It's, right. it's right here on yeah, my screen, gotta, so. Gotta go with Bezos. Yeah. I'm going with whatever it says on the screen here, and it says it's 6.09 p.m. and 87 degrees here in Buffalo. we got to take into account when we go to Nashville that they are on central time. We're, we got that time change. Oh, really? Yeah. So we got to take that into account when we get into town. It, it hit me, like, today. I'm like, wait a second. No, that's that's central time that we're, that, that's, uh, that's Nashville. And the only reason I know that is I dated a girl from Nashville for a brief period of time. So... So it was always like, oh no, it's yeah, it's only seven o'clock. No, it's like eight o'clock. Time rate <laughs> is getting seven to six. Um, I think like eleven thirty. Yeah. Said? Yeah. Okay, so you got you got any time to explore at all? A little bit. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I got a little bit. Um, like I said, I'm I'm trying to meet up with my buddy Cassidy down there and be like, yo, let's go get lunch. I've always wanted to go to Nashville. Always seemed like a nice place. Yeah. What's our flight out? Like six six thirty in the morning. Probably, yeah. Okay, so if we're flying back at 6.30 in the morning, we probably got some time after the show, as long as you're able to walk. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, we can probably check way, out some of the... The way they were on standby, so... Right. Uh, but, like, after the show, we might have some time to go check out, like, some of the bars and shit, because they go, like, all fucking night playing music and shit, so... Yeah. So it's entirely possible that we could get to see some of Nashville. Um, thoughts on metal molding? What the fuck are you on? <laughs> Random metal. guy in the back. Thoughts on metal molding? Um, I don't mold metal, so I don't really know. But I do mold uh, parts for my job. So I mean, I don't know how, for some reason, this person knew molding was the right word tonight. But congrats on that. Uh, I don't really know. I'm Laura's sorry. always got good questions. That. They <laughs> All right, She'll come up with anything. Okay. That's why we got the uh, the the uh, game show buzzers on here, because <laughs> they're always asking John questions. Should music be taught to prisoners in Cuba? And that is a question for random guy in the back. 
<laughs> I feel like the uh, the um, the knowledge of music should be passed down to anybody and everyone. So I mean, I'm completely okay with that. Absolutely. Especially if it's something like to keep them busy. You know, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's more of a positive outlook on things. I don't know much of what's going on in Cuba besides like obvious <laughs> Cuba, but um. I mean, we just got invited to play the Music is Art Festival, and that is, like, basically to keep music education in schools and provide instruments and things like that for, for, for kids because music is an art form, and it is something that should be passed down generation to generation. It's definitely something we are, uh, uh, you know, very passionate about. I, I, all my Amazon purchases, they uh, round up for a similar charity called Little Kids Rock, uh, which puts instruments into the hands of kids. Uh, Katie wants to know, how much for the Tetris light in the back? You could get it on Amazon for, I think, about like 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah, that's my fiance, huge fan of Tetris. <laughs> I, as soon as soon as I kind of slightly read what she saw, I looked, I'm like, ah. Oh. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> I think it was like 20 bucks, and like the thing, it's like the bottom piece is like the main piece, and then you stack the pieces however you want, uh, and they light up as you stack them. So, uh, and I'm pretty sure it was like 20 bucks. I'll send Sam the link later. Okay. Yeah. Remind me. I will. (laughs) I don't think she'll ever not tell me to remind you. (laughs) There we go. We We got people using your name. Samuel, a.k.a. Wasted Reject, what is your favorite food? Uh, probably chicken wings, honestly. You're from Buffalo. Then, I'm from Buffalo, man. Chicken wings is like my <laughs> bread and butter. <laughs> These guys come over for, like, all the wrestling pay-per-views, and it's always like, all right, you, just gotta, you guys just want pizza? No, let's get wings. All right, cool. <laughs> Spend the money on pizza and wings, all right. <laughs> Random guy in the back, favorite musician starting with the letter G. Letter G? Musician, like you're talking about a certain person. She wants to know your favorite musician starting with the letter G, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. I've got tickets to see Garth Brooks on Saturday. I don't know if I'm going. I think I might sell that ticket. I'm a little concerned about being around 60,000 country fans. Like... Person or band. Oh, okay, that makes that a lot easier. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of um, Green Day. They were like one of my big intros into alternative music. At least that's what they would have considered it at that point. Right. Um, like I, it's it's. I'm actually a little bummed out with the song I got introduced to them by because everybody seems to not like it, but I really loved the song, and it was Twenty One Guns when that came out. Okay. So you got introduced to them like uh, like Twenty First yeah. Century Breakdown era. Okay. Yeah. I um, was uh I was like 12 when Dookie came out, so that was my introduction to Green Day and uh would have been my first concert, but my parents wouldn't let me go. I don't know why. It was at the Niagara Falls Civic Convention Center, which is now the Seneca Niagara Casino. Uh but for whatever reason they wouldn't let me go, so my first concert ended up being Metallica and I kind of got obsessed with Metallica. So Oh, you don't say. <laughs> you don't say really. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Mercury says he saw Guar in Richmond, and it was epic. I have yet to see Guar. They they're coming com- here. They're coming here, yeah. Yeah. I've, I, Guar is very interesting. Uh, they're not, like, my favorite thing of all time or 
whatnot, but they are definitely very interesting. Especially if they're headlining, for some people that might be worth it. Also, since no one's mentioning it, Necrogobicon is also on that bill, and I almost decided to go just for them. So Okay. And it's also been pointed out that uh, Slinky Cubes' manager saw Green Day at Runways on South Union Road in, like, 1993. Yeah, they came to the convention center, like, right when Dookie was, like, like, right when Basket Case was, like, the hit song. And it's like, oh, I gotta go to the show, I gotta, and I did not get to go to the show. My best friend went to the show, and he, to this day, is his favorite band is Green Day. And actually, James Hetfield and Billy Joe Armstrong did a thing together for charity a few years ago. So it's like, dude, look at this video. It's our favorite bands, together. <laughs> Have you ever seen the video of Metallica playing Green Day on stage? They stop like partway through American Idiot and they say that's all we learned and then their bassist Rob is playing the bass line to uh, When I Come Around. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I actually did see that. Random guy in the back, thoughts on Home Alone 5. Here we go again. Home Alone 5. I didn't see all the Home Alones. I stopped after 3 because I knew what it was going to become. Mm -hmm. I didn't even bother with 3. I'm like, nah, 2 was good. We're done. <laughs> Random guy in the back, how can I improve my fire breathing skills? Um, <laughs> or you, you wait till the day the Fire Nation attacks and change everything? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Can't help do, you there. You don't, you don't know anything about fire breathing, huh? No, okay. No, it's not in my repertoire. So fire breathing, they got like, a, you know, a flame at the end of a stick, you know, a long stick, and then you... Uh, Take in some, uh, you know, whatever the fuck, flammable liquid, and just basically spit it at this oh, fire. Like at, oh, like at and the, so, um, like at the shows, like on little like boardwalks and stuff. Yes, like that. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, like, or or like, uh, you know, if you're familiar with mid '90s WWF, like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That that so, <laughs> person I'm not familiar with, okay. but I am more familiar with the first thing that was said. Um, but I don't really know how all that works. <laughs> I think like. I think you need to have, like, a license to actually, like, practice doing that, but I feel like it's something I could do if I really wanted to. It should come with a disclaimer that this Absolutely. hobby is not responsible for... <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Random guy in the back. Does it gent? It absolutely does. <laughs> Random guy in the back. Is John having fun? Seems to. You know, sometimes <laughs> that works, sometimes not, but, you know, that's just work. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Mercury says, sorry for the absence, he's been busy with the baby, but he ordered the shirt. Uh, first order didn't go through. Can we sign it? Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah, just uh, hit me up, we'll give you the address, you could send it to us, and we'll sign it, send it right back to you. So, yeah, absolutely. Anybody wants to order from merch.thinksojo.com and have us sign any of the podcast t-shirts, or me sign any of the things you might not know stuff, or whatever, you know. We could do that. Got a silver Sharpie right here, ready to go. <laughs> Still got to come out with an Axe of Rose one. Yes, we do. Just a Guns N' Roses style Think So Joe Show t-shirt. It's not the first time John's been put in a signature situation. Remember when Chris was in Overlook? And uh, we played with Dilettante one time, and he made this inside joke that everyone hated. Sign my Dilla titties. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, he would just go up to the to the guys and he just wanted them to sign his chest, so he just said, "Sign my Dilla t- titties." And the band uh, <laughs> was called Dilettante, and I'm just kind of like, really, man. <laughs> I come up with some good dad jokes, but that one I, I I'm still yeah in defeat over. <laughs> uh, random guy in the back. Have you ever broken a bone? No, I have not, strangely enough. I have never broken anything on my body in my entire life. Lucky you. <laughs> I'm said not the bragging same thing. about it, John. I'm sorry. I said the same thing. And then... Don't jinx yourself, buddy. Yeah, right. Back on wood. No, I've... I've oh, I'm uh, careful. I don't, even, I don't go in the pits and shows. I don't go that close. Dude, I stay in the back so I don't break anything. I've had my nose broken. I've broken my finger. I at least bruised my ribs. I don't know if I might have broken them. Uh, but like, I went to work right after, and I'm just because my uh, my boss's son at the time was a uh, like just finished like you know school to be a doctor, and I'm just like I walk in, I'm like, hey Nevin, I think I broke my ribs or maybe bruised them. Should I go to the hospital? He's like, nah, they're not gonna do anything for you. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I will just sit here and work. Random guy in the back, have you ever broken someone else's bones? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> I have kicked a kid I knew, like, across his, like, media room once by, like, because he wanted to fight me for some odd oh, reason. Geez. I didn't break anything, though. He was lucky. <laughs> I, uh, my, my best friend, um, we, like... We hung out, we used to hang out on Grand Island all the time when we were in high school, and like, just one day, he's just sitting on the floor at, at our friend's place in Grand Island, and I just start throwing kicks, and he starts blocking them. So then I faked right, and I came across left, and I kicked him in the face. And I'm like, oh shit, dude, are you okay? And I have physically abused this dude, like, so often in our friendship, just completely accidentally. Like, one time we're, we're, uh, we're just hanging out, He's on break from lunch, and the place he was working at happened to, like, the exit was where the bus station in Niagara Falls was at the time. So we were just hanging out. I was waiting for a bus. He was waiting to go back to work. This girl comes up. She's like, hey, do you think you guys got a lighter? And she was kind of cute, so I'm like, like, yeah. So I hand her the lighter, and she lights her cigarette over. I'm like, you know what else you do with the lighter? And I just go, (laughs) and I caught my buddy's hair on fire. Holy shit! Fucking smacking him in the head, trying to put out the fire. So, <laughs> a question for all of us: uh, favorite current venue in Buffalo in terms of space, hospitality, sound, and overall vibe? That's a good question. Um, so, overall, um, as far as like playing or seeing shows. I feel like since he knows we're all musicians, probably... Probably playing shows? Yeah. Okay. Um, As far as space, feel, and overall vibe, uh, and sound, space, hospitality, space, hospitality, sound, and overall vibe, um, I would be tempted to give it to Tudor, but that's not a big space. No. No, Um, I would say probably, like, Mohawk. It's a big enough room. The sound guys are phenomenal there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did feel terribly rushed when we were getting set up for 
uh, opening for uh, 96 Bitter Beings when we played there. I felt like super rushed to a point where like my volume was down on my guitar and I didn't even realize it till halfway through the set. It, it was funny because um, after the first time we played there as Overlook, the sound guy came up and said, like, all right, if we can get you guys off in like five minutes, I will get you guys a drink. And I'm just like, <laughs> we did it. We got everything yeah. off in five minutes. But then again, we were a four piece and the hardest part was your drums because Chris used a line six and uh, our one bassist had, um, I think he was using one too at that point. Uh, I think Tom was using it. Yeah. Something like that at that point. Yeah. I, I, I'd say Mohawk. Yeah. Mohawk, for me, Rec Room. Okay. Um, I, I, haven't, I haven't played Rec Room, so I don't... Rec Room, to me, had the best, like, um, sound-wise, when you were able to hear yourself back through the monitors, mm -hmm. even without in-ears, I take it back. Nice. And just the space when there's not backlining is absolutely incredible. You don't think it when you look at look at it, but like you get on the stage, you're like, this feels bigger than I thought it would. Mm -hmm. The only other time we ever played anywhere else that was that good with sound was this, I can't remember the name of it, but it was this weird place we played in Jamestown. And uh, we played this random shore with a progressive metal band in Jamestown called Spores. And this place was mostly for, like, I think comedy events, from what I understand, but the sound was absolutely astounding. And this place had, like, seats that were, like, arena-like seats in there, like, up front, kind of like a theater, real, like, theater setting. But, like, it wasn't that, it was probably as big as, probably Mohawk, honestly. It's not a big place, and okay. it's not really even that much of a venue venue, but we played there, and it was a really cool I honestly hope they were going to turn that more into an actual music venue. I don't think they ended up doing so, but I could be wrong. I gave honorable mention to Evening Star in Niagara Falls. That was a that was a great show with head PE, sound, yeah. everything. Just like even with the backline, we had plenty of space on stage, and just you know a big room, great sound, uh, and um, you know I, I think. You know, it's still hospitable, but it was a lot more hospitable when Greg Rinker was still with us. Um, so, you know, and, and that's just, you know, that's just a testament to how great of a, how great of a dude Greg was. But, oh, yeah. Um, but also, uh, Nietzsche's was really fun. It's a really narrow space, though. I've been hearing uh, a lot about that place lately, like... I don't, I don't know. I've never been there, but I've now I'm like okay. really tempted to go to a show there. Uh, the sound there is amazing. Like that was one of my favorite shows we ever played. Um, and Good Bar is a great room if you get a good sound guy. If you get one of the bad sound guys, it is shitty, and it's also terrible to like load your gear into, especially when your drummer forgets his ID at home and you have to load his drums in. That sounds like something exactly John would do. Every time, like, we would go to a show, he'd be like, yo, I gotta stop here for something. Then all of a sudden, I would get a call 15 minutes later, yeah, I broke a tire. Or, yeah, my car just stopped working. I'm like, and we're, like, at load-in already, an hour into load-in at this point for a few of those, and I'm just like, there was the one time where when he came up as like a second frontman for Overlook for like two shows, the first one we did was at Rec Room, and he almost didn't even make it. <laughs> he almost didn't even make it, it was to a storm. that. Uh, yeah, there was a storm. I will give him that. There was a big like winter storm that night. This was like 2019 in like 
January at some point. <laughs> so you're not you're not the only band I do this for. No, uh, we know this because we went to see you with your with your uh, other band that you I, were in. I could tell and you, you forgot your symbols. I could tell you stories I about. I remember that too. I was I, there. I could tell you stories about the light comes death. I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> Uh, your fiance is leaving to go home, so she's uh, she says goodbye and uh, to enjoy the rest of the stream. Okay, so I, I will. <laughs> I hope you had a good day, hon. Uh, should we take one more question? We got two minutes before song break. Should we take one more question and then uh, then we'll head into the? So we'll take one more question. Laura, hit be... us with a question here. Well, we got we got uh, Johnny Mercury here. Okay. John Joe and random guy, did you ever backyard wrestle? Yes. No, um, I act. Fun fact: I I like talking wrestling, but I only really got into wrestling back in 2018. Um, I knew of wrestling because I played SmackDown vs. Raw 2008, or I think either eight or seven, and it was a really good game. And that's how I knew a lot of faces and things like that. But I never actually watched the product till okay. many many years later. Cause I got um, one of the reasons why he got into that probably. That you and Katie. Katie yeah. was watching at the time. She she's not anymore, but she was watching back then. I don't think I ever really backyard wrestled. Like my cousins and I used to like wrestle around in the basement and shit, you know. Like I, I got a I got a pretty mean figure four leg lock, but <laughs> but I mean, you know, as far as like you know I'll tell you what, I, I got a story about backyard wrestling and I will try to squeeze it into this one minute here. Um, when I was in high school, there was this dude that would show up, uh, to, um, he would show up to school with, like, these belts made of, like, tinfoil wrapped around cardboard on, like, actual, like, belts, and he, he had this company called YCW, Youth Championship Wrestling, and we used to make fun of this dude constantly, because, you know, we were assholes. <laughs> and, uh, but he's like, oh man, yeah, YCW, what's that? Young crackhead wrestling? And, you know, that, you know, stupid high school shit, right? Uh, so we show up to this. So, so this dude, I threw a piece of paper at him one day or something. And he's like, oh, you come to the, get your five best wrestlers and come to the YCW on Tuesday. If you lose, you kiss my feet. And I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. And I knew where this dude's house was. And if you like walked down his street and you look in the backyard, you could tell which one was his because it had like clotheslines tied around around trees in the backyard. <laughs> that was the ropes for the ring. And so I like, I'm just gonna show up with a couple of dudes. So I show up to this dude's house with a dude that's like this tall, and like another dude who's like my size, and we just show up and we got like we made our own little you know belts making fun of his, and we walk up to we knock on his door. Hey, is Mike here? Oh, Mike? And his mom answers the door. Mike, he's, um, oh, he's, um, he, he's doing chores. Like, All right, sure, whatever. So we just leave. And as we're leaving, we hear this dude's mom, I told you not to go in the backyard and wrestle. And <laughs> fucking screaming at him about this shit. And so we, we walk into school the next, you know, the next Monday or whatever the fuck. And we're just like, dude, we won by forfeit. You lost. You got to kiss my feet, right, dude? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, but that's my backyard wrestling experience. So, um. Uh, we're gonna play a uh, we're gonna play a song now, and uh, this is a new track, uh, unreleased, I believe. Yes, it is unreleased, and it features uh, my um, in old, another old member of Overlook and a good friend of mine, Thomas Fritton. 
Okay. Uh, this is a song from Wasted Reject, and this song is called All the Time on All WNY. Think So Joe Show. Wasted Reject on all WNY Think So Joe show. That song called All the Time. Good track, man. That was the first chance I got to listen to it because, like, it was, I got it and I'm like, all right, let me just program this one in real quick. Because <laughs> I had uh, your, other, your other song, uh, Dark Side, I had that one ready to go because that was the one I heard the other day. That was the one I figured y'all were actually going to play. Yeah, I was, scrolling, <laughs> I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw that, that Clerks video you put up and I was like, oh shit, I got to drop what I'm doing and listen to this song right now. So, you know, because you're, uh, you're super supportive of us, so we're going to be super supportive of you. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I would be I, anyway, because you're, you know, you're my friend. And, I get that. I appreciate that But I, I, dig the, I dig the music, man. It's a, it's a little different than what I normally listen to, but it is uh, definitely... Uh, like, do you produce the beats? Or? I do not, no. Okay. Um, the beats are made... I, I work with two producers, technically, but the one who made that beat and made, a, and made the one to Dark Side as well is a man named called Mike the Mix. Okay. Who is actually a producer, I believe, outside of Lockport. 
Yeah, Lockport. I'm looking okay. at you. <laughs> Lockport. John knows about Lockport. Yeah. Yeah. I know about Lockport from having to go all the way out to John's house. <coughs> the uh, the song was mixed and mastered by him, but I recorded it in Elma with our with my mo the guy producer I mostly go to when it comes to band projects. Um, Anthony Potenza. Okay. But like, I just I love his vocal. Uh, recording sessions, so I just absolutely had to go in for this on that. And plus, me and me and Tom, who featured in the first verse of that song, uh, are working on a project together that we're doing over there with him too. So it just kind of made sense. Cool. Yeah, we uh, so during the song break, we also got a uh, a video sent to us from uh, from Johnny Mercury in the chat. There, we were watching the uh, watching some of that. We didn't get through the whole clip, but we we did. Uh, we did watch a little bit. Uh, I think I was more paying attention to like the ring and the uh, surrounding area than I was to the actual match. But uh, you ever notice a lot of these backyard wrestling videos? You got the little Tykes car in the background, <laughs> or it, like if it, like barring that, you got the little Tykes like picnic table, like just some little kid toy like in the background of all these background backyard wrestling. I knew I knew a dude who did backyard wrestling for, I think he probably still does it. And like any video I would see, you'd see that little plastic fucking picnic table in the background. And it's like, dude, come on. <laughs> so there used to be this, uh, this Facebook page or group called uh, Trash Bag Wrestlers, right? And they would take guys who just show up in like, like dressed like I'm dressed right now, you know, t-shirt and like cut off cargo shorts. Um, and they would just call them out, like, you know, because you don't buy wrestling gear at Walmart. Um, so they would call them out, and they'd call out, like, referees that didn't tuck in their shirts and shit like that. Like, you're supposed to be a professional wrestling person dressed like a fucking wrestler. Well, they put, they put my buddy Nick up on there, and, you know, some promo he cut when he got fired from an actual wrestling organization. And I'm like, dude, like, they're ripping on you right now. You need to go in there. Cut a promo in the comments and fucking win them over. And he goes in there like, I'm going to sue you guys for making fun. I'm like, that's not what I told you to do. <laughs> that dude got threatened to be sued so many times. The Trash Bag Wrestlers uh, page. I don't know whatever happened to it, but it was fun while it lasted. Uh, John, what is your dream drum kit and symbols? Uh... And Johnny Mercury got a PDP CX-5 series and Istanbul symbols. Did you know that Istanbul was Constantinople? Now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. It's been a long time gone, Constantinople. <laughs> uh, let's see. If you know that song, it is now stuck in your head, and I am not sorry. <laughs> I would have to say... Uh... Ooh, I do have that on vinyl. I was going to say, I need that on vinyl. I have that on vinyl. <laughs> Dream drums. Uh, yeah, your dream drum kit. And we'll get to some of the questions I that came before. I was very into like, because I, I was a big Travis Barker fan, so I was like in the Orange County and wanted, always wanted an Orange County kit. But that would have to be my dream drum set. Symbols wise, uh, A Custom Zildjian. Okay. Uh, he says that his kit was used by the drummer from Alien Ant Farm. 
Yo, really? Oh, nice. Yo, that's dope. That's dope. I, uh, I, nice. I, once, I once saw Rancid from the line to get Alien Ant Farm's autograph. I don't recall seeing Alien Ant Farm. I might have, but I was fucked up that day, so... <laughs> I was, uh, I was, my only time I ever did ecstasy. Oh. And it was, like, hotter than it is today out there. To a point where, like, one of my buddies was so dehydrated, he was literally sweating steam. <laughs> that wasn't me being high seeing that. That was actually what was happening. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Does OCP even make stuff anymore? It's fairly hard to track down around here. Uh, no, actually. They only really make it for, like, Travis or okay. what I heard. Unless they do, it's, it's... Orange County's kind of fake now. They don't really have the company anymore. But... We're going to go back to some questions from before the break that we didn't get to, which is, uh, let's see, random guy in the back, what is John's favorite food? I mean, we ate a lot of Wendy's when we, when we were Chinese, <laughs> so I'm just going to assume Wendy's. I actually have no clue. Pasta. 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 All right, all right. Pasta. All right. What? What kind, kind of, pasta? of pasta? Just spaghetti. Okay. Just spaghetti, okay. Okay. I'm kind of trying to... Cut back on pasta myself now. Get back to that no carbs and lean meats. Because <laughs> I put on 15 of the 20 pounds I lost. I'll take your weight. Yeah, right. I know, I know. I wish I could give it to you. Uh, random guy in the back. Thoughts on music videos. Do you think they add anything? Um, I feel like it depends on what you do with it. Because some of these artists end up turning those into actual like little short films. And that's really interesting to me. I like performance ones, but I feel like it kind of wastes the idea of doing a music video in a sense. When I think of music video, I think like there's a storyline, there's something going on here. But like performance ones are cool, but I feel like music videos are only really beneficial if there's like a storyline to them or like a point to it being there. Like not every song I feel like deserves one or needs one, but there are definitely songs I hear that I'm like, okay, that that should happen. So, so more like uh, here, like okay, go here it goes again, music videos, and less like uh, Def Leppard pour some sugar on me videos. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, since like performance videos can be fun, they they've never really entertained me that much, but and that's just me. There you go. <laughs> Don't just hump the air. <laughs> oh no, that's actually uh, that's an inside joke. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, our this one guy we knew uh, who plays in the local band around here there's a music video he put out of one of his songs and it's at stamps the video is at stamps they're performing on the stage and during this just one line of the song where he says this is this is backseat sex and he just starts humping the air oh, like no tomorrow and it's, <laughs> it's Frank? I wasn't going to name names man oh John you fucked up <laughs> Man, but yeah, no, it was, it wasn't. Well, now that he basically did that, go look up. A ask it again, and I'll censor you. <laughs> well, he did it at the other show too. Ask it again, and I'll bleep you during that song too. <laughs> I, I know we saw that before we left. <laughs> Frank, no, oh. you gotta, you gotta ask the question so I know the the words coming. <laughs> Who hunt there? Well, now, now, you, no, you say what okay. you said before. Was it? Was it? <laughs> there you go. He got bleeped. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's, he's ruining the bit. <laughs> Do it again. All right, all right, all right, here we go. 
Anyway. I love doing that. <laughs> wow. You really want to be in Jersey Shore, don't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I'm MJF. Ah. <laughs> anyway. The funny thing is, I did not hear what he said while I was bleeping him. I, all, I only heard the bleep. <laughs> uh, John and Joe and random guy. Uh, <laughs> you're a random guy, dude. You, you're stuck with that now. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it. Uh, John and Joe and random guy, where would you love to perform in Canada? I actually don't know any venues Me in either. Canada. But... Um... I mean, shout out, one of my favorite artists, The Weeknd, is from there, so I'm sure, like, there's a bunch of venues he performed at that I would have loved to before he, like, got big and whatnot. Um, I would probably list those if any of those are still around. I have no idea. <laughs> I've only been to Canada when I was, like, younger, and I went to, yeah. like, Blue Jays games back in the day with my dad. But that would be all we really did there. I remember, like, seeing a couple of different things, but I've always wanted to go back. I, like, I, I freaking did like Canada every time I went. I like. I recently went to Canada. I went to Toronto. I went to uh, what's now Scotiabank Place or Arena or whatever the fuck where the Leafs play. I saw the Sabers play the Leafs. Uh, but I've been to like uh, what's now Rogers Center, the old Sky Dome, uh, and also to like the Canadian National Exhibition up there. But uh, not any like small venues to be like, you know, this is where I would play. Uh, except maybe like the 102.1 The Edge Studios. Uh, I've, I don't know that I've actually seen a band there, but I have definitely walked by there while a band was playing. Um, so, uh, but, but as far as like cities, definitely I want to, I would love to play Toronto. Toronto would definitely be a, be one for me, uh, Montreal. I would say Montreal's got a pretty good scene, from what I'm told, by by friends who have played there. Canada so. just has good music in general. If you can get by, like a few things. If but. you're if you're a tragically hip fan, Live at the Roxy is a great album that just came out on vinyl. I just it's from 1992. It's got the Killer Whale Tank version of uh, of, uh, of of uh, New Orleans is sinking. If you're a fan of Rush, their entire discography. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, their entire discography. We were having a discussion. I'm at the Rancid show, and somehow we get into a discussion about Rush. And, you know, it's like, oh, if you don't have this album, you don't have a vinyl collection. And I didn't have that album at the time. I now own it. I can't think of what, what album it was, though. Um, I know it's not Moving Pictures, because I did have that one, but, like, I can't think of what the album is. The only Rush record I think I have on vinyl is this... Um bootleg version of one show from like the set like late 70s that they played during the fly by night era okay and it was at agora and the only reason i got it was because i've been to agora i know exactly <laughs> where that is so i'm like hey that's kind of cool it's a picture disc and i'm never playing it <laughs> i'm going to find i'm going to hang that somewhere because it's got the whole band before the kimono gimmick and all that and i was just kind of like oh that, that that's cool babies they're all babies there a Farewell to Kings, that's the other Rush album that people were telling me, oh, you need to, you need to have that or you don't have a record collection. So, <laughs> which is funny because we got all these Wayne's World clips and I, in my time hop today, it's like me talking about watching Wayne's World and ordering Frampton Comes Alive because, you know, it came, it came in the mail with samples of Tide if you lived in the suburbs. <laughs> um, I've listened to that once. <laughs> A few Rush album covers were apparently captured in Buffalo. 
Yes, there was a, a live record of theirs that their um, album cover was from Buffalo, but I can't... I think it was Exit Stage Left. I want to say that was the one that was that was from Buffalo, but I can't guarantee that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I like Rush, and just, like... In fact, I think Hemispheres was actually a photo of Buffalo, too. Come think about it. I think Hemispheres was. You can actually get on vinyl the Ramones live in Buffalo. It's a bootleg, Ooh. so you, can, you can't buy it on fucking, like, Discogs or anything. I found it at Revolver. Revolver? I found a few... Revolver has some good stuff. Revolver's got some good bootlegs if, you, if you're looking. <laughs> Literally most of their stuff is bootlegged. Honestly. By the way, if anybody can find me the uh, uh, Coal Chamber self-titled bootleg, it's on yellow vinyl. Apparently it sounds really fucking good. If anybody can find it for me for a reasonable price. <laughs> I remember I was over at Revolver one day and I found the debut album album from uh, rapper Tyler the Creator and I'm like he never even put this on CD or let alone vinyl I'm like there's no way this really oh, yeah. exists I'm taking this anyway though. right <laughs> sorry Tyler but I'm sure you're happy that I'm listening to the music anyway <laughs> that album is in the stacks Worship and Tribute by Glassjaw I have never listened to it because I can't stand that dude's voice <laughs> you're not really a screamy vocal kind of guy though. I am not not really no but but uh, when I was dating Karina she fucking loved Glassjaw she's got like the logo tattooed on her arm and shit and she would be listening to this all the time and I would just hear this one fucking song so I was like alright what album is this on I'm gonna find this song and I'm gonna buy this uh, buy this uh, album and um like I literally just went on Spotify because I knew I would knew it from I know it from like the first like mm -hmm. second of the song, so I'm like skipping through all of fucking Glassjaw's discography. And I'll tell you what I love the instrumentation on Glassjaw. Glassjaw's incredible instrument. Hate the vocals, and like you would probably not like Dillinger either. And that and that that particular song that is on uh, Worship and Tribute is like the song that is like no this sucks get this the fuck away from me and it, like because the guy like dude no the music is so good you're ruining it for me i don't know you know if you like Glassjaw, that's that's cool it's just not for me i got a couple albums in the stacks that are technically karina's that i'm just like no i don't want this uh the grateful dead <laughs> working man's dead like I don't want that. I like a couple of songs by them, but I'm not going to sit here and like go out of my way to listen to the Grateful Dead. I'm not a big Deadhead either. I, I nah. prefer if I like that kind of stuff. I prefer Pink Floyd over anything. Yeah, I I have some Pink Floyd, and I listen to Pink Floyd. Uh, to me, no record collection is complete without a Pink Floyd album. I've actually got two two pressings of the Wall. I've got an original pressing that is like Ooh. like back when it, it was missing. Like some of the like some of the band members in the liner notes. Also, it has a misprint. Oh, it's missing. So, so like they, some of the band members are not in the liner notes, and they have lyrics for a song that ultimately got cut from the album, and that's like, you know, early early pressings of that, and they corrected that later. Um, but then they, but then I got a, a newer pressing uh, through like Amazon's Vinyl of the Month Club. 
And I was like, do I keep this? Do I get rid of it? And then I'm just sitting here one day and I go into the booth and for some reason my brain just goes, so yeah, thought ya, might like to go to the show. And I'm like, I gotta listen to the wall like right now. So I come out and I open up that, that newer pressing and the newer pressing is just fucking lifeless compared to the original. Oh, I can imagine. But yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like there's a few, there's a few records up here that are like technically Karina's where it's like, I need to give these back to her cause I don't want them. I don't even have them in like my discogs. Uh, I think I have that Grateful Dead in my discogs and Brian called me out on it once. He's like, dude, you have the fucking Grateful Dead. I'm like, it's Karina's. <laughs> He's like, no, nah, I don't believe you. You listen to the Grateful Dead. I'm like, no, nah, it's Karina's dude. I'll tell you what, man, I've been playing that new Ninja Turtles game, Shredder's Revenge. And, like, once you beat it the first time, you can unlock Casey Jones. And I've been playing Casey Jones. And I'm just sitting there like, Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. <laughs> uh, Self-titled Cold Chamber record, though. Loco. <laughs> I don't think I've ever listened to a Cold Chamber album. So I got uh, the album Spit by Kitty, which they just repressed for Record Store Day earlier this year. And I come home, and I put it on, and I'm like... Yeah, okay, I remember this record. And it but like it's a really uh you can really pin that to like the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. And it's like I really want to listen to Cold Chamber right now. <laughs> and obviously I don't have that on vinyl cuz I'm currently looking for it. Uh but I do have it on CD. So I go dig through my CDs, I find that CD and I'm like posting on social media like I got to listen to Cold Chamber right now like popped it in and everybody's like, uh, you know, making making stupid references to the song titles. Like, oh man, you need to listen to that in a big truck. <laughs> like, you might go loco listen to that, you know. But uh, that was a great record. I never, I never followed up and kept into that band, but like, I like that first record. Good album. Uh, let's see what we got here. Random guy in the back. Thoughts on indie music? Thoughts on indie music. Yes. I like a lot of indie rock. I really like indie pop, like the really dream pop kind of indie pop. I like just stuff that feels like it has an atmosphere, and I get that a lot from indie music. So to answer your question, yes, all the yes. <laughs> uh, there was a question for all of us. What do you guys think of the whole Pantera tribute or reunion thing? Let's see who's in it. Yeah. Um, it's Zach Wilde on guitar. Allegedly. Allegedly Zach Wilde and uh, the drummer from Anthrax. I um, hate to break it to people. I've never been a Pantera fan, so like it means nothing to me. <laughs> and I don't like Phil Anselmo either, so like I could give less of a fuck. <laughs> That's a, like... It's... Vinnie Paul and Pantera, uh, Vinnie Paul and Dimebag were Pantera. Okay, yeah, but bands have continued without original members before. Fair. It's nothing new. Fair. And I, ha I hate Pantera. I don't know why I'm defending this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I never got to see Dime. Uh, he, they, the Damage Plan played Buffalo a couple of nights before the shooting. Mm. Um. And I didn't go to that show. Well, yeah, I'll catch up next time. Uh, and then I was on the Damage Plan Street Team at the time, for whatever reason. And uh, I get this email uh, the next morning. 
from the next morning after the Columbus show where the shooting happened. And it's like, the rumors are true. Dime was shot and killed. Like, oh shit, what the fuck? And I finally got to see Vinnie Paul. Uh, fortunately, before he passed, I got to see him uh, with Hell Yeah. Yeah. Uh, down at uh, some shitty venue in Niagara Falls, um, but uh, you know, so I got to I got to see at least one of the members of Pantera. I wanted to see and something to see if it's least. Zach Wild playing guitar. If that rumor is true, and that's been a rumor for a long ass time, even when Vinnie Paul was still alive. Uh, if it's Zach Wild playing guitar, I might be interested. Might, but it's you know. Like, Dime and Vinny were the heart of that band. Very true. I don't know. I didn't like Pantera. I'm not a big Hell Yeah guy either, which is weird because I'm a huge fan of Mudvayne, and that's the same vocalist. <laughs> right. But I cannot stand Hell Yeah. I don't mind Vinny as a drummer. He is an amazing drummer. I was never a big fan of Dimebag's tone, if I'm right. going to be honest, for his guitar, but he, he could play. That's he fair. A, a, lot, a, lot of people weren't, a lot of people weren't thrilled with his tone, and I, I could see that. I, can, I, on the other hand, could throw on a Pantera record and throw down. Like, yeah, this is, you know, like... I will say one Pantera song I can listen to, or at least two that I can without wanting to turn it off, is Five Minutes Alone and Primal Concrete Sledge. I, I can actually tie this to the story we were talking about before the previous song break, which is, uh, so we're showing up to this dude's, uh, to this dude's house to do this backyard wrestling thing because he challenged us. And we're just like, you know, what should our theme song be? And we were like, basically going to be like the NWO to his WCW, because we were just going to show up and beat the fuck out of everybody and leave. Uh, and it was like, well, you know, we're taking over. So our theme song is going to be Cowboys from Hell by Pantera. And I'd never heard Pantera before this. And so that's actually how I got into Pantera was my buddy was like, this should be our song if we're, if we're taking over, you know, like, okay, cool. That, that makes sense. So. <laughs> I would have chose uh, Slipknot People Equal Shit, but that wasn't out yet, probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I think this was probably before the first Slipknot self-titled album, which I have a bootleg copy of on vinyl. <laughs> I didn't realize it was bootleg until I got home and went to put it in Discogs, and it's like, yeah, this is an unofficial copy. Like, oh, great. Sounds yeah. just like the CD, which is... Not what I want out of a vinyl, but okay. That's a really good album, but I really love Iowa a lot from that band. Uh, Cold Chamber represents a very specific time in metal history, but very important nonetheless. Yeah, the new uh, metal crowd, I'm assuming. Uh, yes. Uh, it, it, it is very, if you listen to that first Cold Chamber record, it is very, like, you can pinpoint that to, like, the very late 90s, early 2000s. Um, because that is uh, that is that sound, and that's the same. That's why, like, listening to the album "Spit" by Kitty was like, I need to listen to Cold Chamber. That's how <laughs> that's how I feel every time at work. I hear it's compli uh, complicated by Avril Lavigne, and I'm just like, <laughs> I remember where I was when that came. Ties out. it right to that uh, right to that time period too. Uh, Great Southern Trend Kill was Pantera at their heaviest. Uh, Katie's, uh, Katie discovered Pantera through SpongeBob SquarePants. That is, uh, that is actually a thing. I do re slightly remember that, actually. I just don't remember how that came up. <laughs> so there is an episode where Sandy, the, the squirrel, for those of you not familiar with SpongeBob, she is uh, about to go into hibernation, and she wants to do all this stuff before she goes into hibernation, and SpongeBob's like, yeah, I'll go with you. And she's doing all this shit, like rocket, snow uh, rocket snowboarding and shit. 
like crazy shit where SpongeBob oh, is just getting God, fucking right. mangled. Yes, that's coming back to me now. SpongeBob is just getting fucking mangled, and the <laughs> entire thing is set to like some fucking Pantera riffs. I do remember that. That is such a great scene. <laughs> now, uh, so so the the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning lost the Stanley Cup this year. We're we're, we're sticking with a Pantera story here, uh, and. Like, immediately, like, before the photo was taken, the cup was already dented from the, from the Colorado Avalanche. The cup was already dented by the time they got to the fucking team photo. But I think the coolest Stanley Cup denting story comes from when the Dallas Stars won the Stanley Cup. That's an that's a asterisk. Uh, <laughs> won the Stanley Cup in 1999, and they went to, they went to uh, Vinnie Paul's house. And Mike Madano's out on his balcony with the Stanley Cup, and he's like, I'm gonna throw this into the pool! And he throws it off Vinnie Paul's balcony and it bounces off the side of the fucking pool and puts a huge dent in the side of the Stanley Cup. That's a true story. <laughs> the disrespect. To this day, when the Dallas Stars score a goal, that is Pantera, that is their goal star, that wrote their goal song. Uh, and Johnny Mercury disagrees and says Far Beyond Driven was the heaviest Pantera album. So. Far Beyond Driven was okay, but then again, I've never got into a full album, and don't even try to talk to me about that glam metal era that they oh, had. God. <laughs> there are some people that I know that say that is the best Pantera era. I don't know if I've ever actually listened to any of the I've glam never metal Pantera. I listened to any of it either, so I can't judge it, but it's not my thing anyway, so I'm like, I'm not going to touch it. I'll tell you who I have listened to, and that's Sod Off. And they are performing Saturday at Mohawk Place. That's at 47 East Mohawk Street in Buffalo, which happens to be where you're playing your first show as Wasted Reject on August 7th with The Stolen. Uh, Sadoff performing Saturday at Mohawk Place with The Clockers, Cardboard Homestead, and World on Fire. That is going to be a killer fucking show. Uh, that's 7 p.m. It's $7 at the door. Uh, definitely go check that one out. This is Sadoff, and this song is called It Only Gets Darker on All WNY. Think so, Joe Show. Yeah. 
sod off on all WNY Think So Joe show. Killer fucking song, killer say, band. I, I really dug that, actually. Ricky Rotten used to be in a band called uh, Just One More that we've played. Uh, you weren't with us at the time when we played with Just One More, because that no. was like one of our first shows, so we had Ghetto Steve. Um, Ghetto but, Steve. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they. Uh, I met Just One More... Uh, literally at their practice spot. We were we were supposed to play with Green Jello out in Rochester, but Bill Manspeaker's like, nah, I'm just gonna go home. And so, like, you know, without Green Jello, Montage is like, yeah, there's no show. So the rest of the bands on the show decided to all kind of get together and still do a show. So we got together in this like loft uh, in Rochester, this like practice space these guys had, and so it was. Uh, Yellow Sauce, it was Kaiser Solzy. Uh, who the fuck else was on that? Uh, like Nuclear Winter, half of Nuclear Winter showed oh, up. I remember Nuclear Winter. Um, and uh, there's a couple other bands. Uh, Lazy Ass Destroyer was there. Actually, I was, did I t- was I telling you this story about the fucking uh, the, the crashed car? Yeah. So uh, Lazy Ass Destroyer... Uh, on that tour had like driven off the side of a fucking mountain and rolled their car over and everybody was okay thankfully Uh, but the car like basically didn't have a roof anymore Um, so when they were coming to play Buffalo Karina was making cookies for the show I was like you know what you should do do you have a a cookie cutter in the shape of a car she said yeah I said you should make one that looks like it's been crashed so she makes a whole batch of cookies that look like cars that have rolled over in the snow, brings it to fucking Mo- uh, Mohawk, gives it to Lazy Ass Destroyer. And uh, so, and then the show in Rochester was the next night. So I'm sitting there, I, I go introduce myself to uh, Lazy Ass Destroyer. And I'm like, dude, did you get those cookies yesterday? He says, that was you? It was my idea, yeah. He was like, he was like, dude, like, <laughs> I'm sitting there, and this, somebody comes up to me and gives me car, it rolled over car cookies, like. <laughs> and then I heard him telling the story later on. He's like, yeah, somebody gave me some fucking crashed car cookies, and he's fucking here. <laughs> fucking love Lazy D, man. I, I posted about music as art. He says he's gonna also be playing music as art. Uh, he's also playing the Buffalo Infringement Festival. Uh, the uh, this this uh, next weekend coming up actually so uh, he's actually playing three nights in a row I know he's playing the 28th at Nietzsche's and he's also playing the 29th and 30th and we obviously can't go to those because we've got a show and we've <laughs> we're gonna be in Nashville um, so I might go check him out on the on the 28th I haven't seen him in quite a while but uh, we kind of hit it off at that show and I've come to see, gone to see him a few times uh, since then in Buffalo. Uh, he's actually from Cincinnati, so. But uh, but yeah, um, so we were talking about vocals in between the in between songs because it's it's not necessarily screaming I don't like. If I can understand what they're saying, I'm okay with that. What I don't like is just like for Glassjaw, what throws me off is like that one song where it's like, like what are you doing? You can't, that, you can't that's, just, that's singing? <laughs> you can't just do things that go I understand that. What? <laughs> uh, but, but like, but like uh, you know, like another band I have a problem with is Pearl Jam because of the vocals. Oh, yeah, I, I get you. 
And, uh, you know, Karina loved, loved Pearl Jam. And she's like, why don't you like Pearl Jam? I'm like, listen, I can listen to any of Pearl Jam's slower stuff where Eddie is just singing. Because Eddie's got a fantastic voice. But Eddie chooses to go... Yeah. Like, dude, you can sing. I wish I could sing like Eddie Vedder, but Eddie Vedder chooses not to sing well. Chooses not to sing well. He can. He just doesn't. And that bugs the shit out of me, and that's why I don't like Pearl Jam. I would admit that bugged the shit out of me. One band you can't stand is Ice Nine Kills. Ice Nine, okay. Um, so I saw Ice Nine Kills, and my entire, like, my first thought is, like, these guys have seen A Nightmare Before Christmas way too many times. They are definitely a band that's more based off cult horror films than anything. Yeah. And, and I get to see them two more times next month. <laughs> I've seen them live. I was into them for a brief amount of time. I really like their song, Great, uh, Greatest Story Ever Told. That was like before they started doing the whole um, horror movie gimmick thing. So but, I kind of uh, I kind of dig the gimmick. It was just all the music sounded like it was straight off of the Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack. That's just Spencer's vocals. He has yeah. a very theatrical voice yeah. to what he does, and that can either bend or break something for me. And so eventually, it just kind of broke it for me. I was a fan of the band for a while, and I even went to go see them live a few times. But uh, they're at least good live. Yeah, they, they are. They put on a really good show. The show, the that. the theatrics were pretty fucking cool. I'll give you that. I just I wasn't a fan of the music, and but you know you got the palate cleanser before Metallica and Greta Von Fleet, and that was fucking fantastic. So. I'd never seen them or listened to them before. I just knew everybody was like, oh, they, you know, they want to be Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, I don't know what to expect here. I never really paid any attention to them. So it was Ice Nine Kills, and then Greta Von Fleet comes out, and it's like, oh, this is actually pretty good. I like this. And then Metallica came out, and it was just like, okay, forget about those other two bands. <laughs> this, it's, is, it's, this is why I flew to fucking Las Vegas. It's literally <laughs> the absolute weirdest bill I have ever seen from yes. Metallica show is Ice Nine Kills, which kudos to them. They're still a smaller band by all that standards, and they're playing with Metallica, and that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But Greta Von Fleet, I'm not big on Greta Von Fleet for only the reason of if I wanted Zeppelin, I can listen, <laughs> you listen to, to Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Funny I, enough, I don't like Zeppelin. I love for, for the same reason I don't like Pearl Jam. Is like, you know, he can sing very well. Like, the first half of Stairway, I fucking love. And then you get to, like, he starts doing his usual shtick. Where it's like, yeah, Axel, what's that about? <laughs> Yet I love Guns N' Roses, so... <laughs> we, I, we, I'm not going to ask because there is no common sense in this room. Listen, Sam. <laughs> listen, Sam. Leave GBF alone. Leave Greta Von Fleet alone. Her mom are, is... Are, are, we, are we causing problems here? Her mom is really into Greta Von Fleet because they sound like the early 70s uh, rock and roll music because that's what her parents are really into. And so sure. she showed... They heard Greta Von Fleet and instant fall in love. And for me, like, Greta Von Fleet makes good music. I never said they don't make good music. <laughs> I just... 
I, like I said, I never really paid any attention to them until I saw them with the Metallica. It was like, oh, shit, okay, this band's actually re- as good as people say they are. Um, they do, you know, they are Zeppelin-esque. I'll give you that. But at the same time, I don't know if they can sing in, like, a normal fucking way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, which, is, which is my problem with Zeppelin, because I know he can sing in a normal fucking way, but he chooses to do all that falsetto bullshit. From what I understand on the more newer record, they take more other influences than just Zeppelin. I hear, I hear there's, like, a bunch of Rush influence from, like, the 70s. I hear there's, like, a lot of that. Go home, waste to reject, you're wrong. <laughs> just asking me to come home, honey. <laughs> we'll talk about this later. Yeah, she wants you to. She wants you to go home so she can yell at you some more over it. <laughs> oh no, that's still not even the worst one. She is a big fan of the band Simple Plan. Okay. And I like Simple Plan. Me too. I can't. John already knows where I'm about to go with this, and she already knows where I'm about to go with this too. <laughs> Warning: shots fired. Um, Simple Plan is literally one of the worst pop punk bands I've ever heard. And and I'll admit, like, I know pop punk can be whiny. I know it can be. It's it's part of the genre. I get it. A lot of the pop punk bands I like, she finds whiny, and I can't see it. But Simple Plan... She's throwing lyrics up in the... I do anything. But Simple Plan Good literally song. just sounds like a guy whining. Like, it's not a debate or if he does. He literally sounds like he's whining into a microphone. And you know what? We saw him live at the final Warp Tour, and I'm like, maybe they'll change my mind live. You know, maybe they're a, a live band. They're not maybe a record band for me. And no, it was the exact same thing. And I'm just like... I saw them, like, <sighs> first, first or second album. Like, I think first album. Uh, they were on tour with Good Charlotte, and Good Charlotte is a band that I don't like because of uh, of their whiny. Like my dad went to the store and he never so came home. Like I yeah, like, I never knew my fucking dad either. Who fucking cares? I Grow like, up. I liked Good Charlotte <laughs> a lot better than Simple Plan, but I will admit, listening to the very first album from them, like the big album that they had, it is a little rough going back to it. Now, like, keep being able to hear that in I, there. I had those first two albums. I listened to them constantly, and then the, the more I listened to it, it's like, dude, my dad left too. I felt like that's one of the bands that Get like, over got, it. like, less whiny over the years. Like, it, they progressed a lot better than other bands did. Definitely better than Simple Plan did. <laughs> now, I'm, she loves good Charlotte. She's leaving. Bye. <laughs> I, I loved those first two albums for a little while, and now I just, you know, like, I think if I went and listened to them now, I'd be like, all right, cool, this is a little nostalgic now, but, like... like yeah, the two bands like, I got into, and I got into pop punk. Okay. Like, I like Simple Plan, though. Like, I, I really, like, when I saw them, I really enjoyed them live. I, I enjoyed... I never, like, bought their albums or nothing. They were never, like, my favorite band, but, like, they were definitely a band I could, I could you know, listen to if they came on the radio or, like, I'd have a song on an MP3 player or something back then. Um, but, like, you know, I never had an issue with them. I'd, I'd go see them again. I, I will say the two bands that got me into it for me was Green Day for pop punk, like, even Dookie. Like, after hearing 21st Century Breakdown, I went back and listened to because my stepmother had the Dookie album. And so I listened to that, and I fell in love with that instantly. So that was really my introduction to pop punk, but not really, because I heard 1985 by Bowling for Soup when I was a lot younger than that. 
and really was obsessed with that song. So I knew who Bowling for Soup was, and I knew who Good Charlotte was, but not because of uh, the anthem or that. I knew them because uh, I Don't Want to Be in Love, and I really like that song because I feel like it shows off more vocal range than their other stuff did. Shane Maz says, hi, hi, Sam. Hi, John. I'm so excited and sad for Overlook's final show. Miss y'all. I miss you, too. Um, okay, yeah, Shane. Hey, so, dude. So, Bowling for Soup, 1985. Not written by Bowling for Soup. <laughs> but still, it, it, in yeah. high school, when I actually realized who the band's, what the band's name was, I started sure. listening to them constantly. And that's where my obsession with pop punk really started was with them. But then I got into more modern stuff like uh, The Story So Far, uh, State Champs a little bit. Like more modern, modern pop punk. Okay. And I fell in love with that era. And now I'm not so much in love with pop punk right now. But it's going to fluctuate, <laughs> I feel like. You mean you're not rushing out to get the new Machine Gun Kelly record? <laughs> he is you gotta get he, you got to get is, him in the DLC in WWE 2K22? He is one of the problems with pop punk. That's the issue. <laughs> well, I know it. Um, no, I, I got into it with uh, with Dookie. Um, Insomniac, still my favorite Green Day record. There is uh, look look. I gotta I, I gotta tell you this. This might be an unpopular opinion. Father of All is a very underrated album. That album is actually really fucking good. And I think I think a part of that is like I went into it thinking it was going to completely suck. And it was actually pleasantly surprising. I actually enjoyed it. Especially after everything after American Idiot. Because you had 21st Century Breakdown, you had Uno, Dos, and Trey, and you had Revolution Radio, and every single one of them was the exact same record, and they all sucked. <laughs> I actually liked Radio Revolution a lot. I can agree with you with uh, Uno, Dos, Trey. Because those albums really bored the living heck out of me when I listened to those. Honestly, out of the five of those records, like, a couple of the singles off 21st Century Breakdown were okay. No, Your Enemy is a good one. Le no, for me, that song, that song, the lyrics are, This song is repetitive, it's repetitive, <laughs> this song is repetitive, away. Uh, but uh, Let Yourself Go uh, from... Uh, Uno was like the best one out of those five. I will say that actually is a good song. Like those albums, as that like those like trilogy of albums as a whole really sucked. But they have like one or two songs that actually are good, and that makes me mad because I'm like, you you have good songs on here. But... Let your, for me, out of those five <laughs> albums, "Let Yourself Go" is the best song, and then it got overplayed on like every sporting event ever because like you they're going to commercial and it's like uh you know they're playing that song and it's like oh man come on i like this song stop <laughs> i get that like i i can see where you're coming from with those but i really wasn't a fan of the more recent one that came out uh, father of all i i i dug father of all and, and 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 i'll tell you what like i bought it because i got it for like six bucks that's fair and i'm like all right I think this album is going to suck. Just from the singles I've heard from it, I think it's going to be fucking terrible. And Brian had gotten his before I got mine. And he's like, dude, this album's actually not bad. And I'm like, yeah, bullshit. And I put it on, I'm like, holy shit, this album's actually not bad. <laughs> like, um, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I'll tell you what, man, I got, I got um, 
they put out a greatest hits album called God's Favorite Band, right? And, and this came out uh, like right before Father of All. So it had, mm -hmm. uh, you know, everything from like 39 Smooth all the way through like yeah, it was uh, Revolution Radio. Basically the second international super hits. And um, like once you get to the, it's a, it's a double disc. And once you get to that fourth side, it is like unlistenable. <laughs> it's like... Because, like, the American Idiot songs are on, like, basically disc, disc two, side one, side three, basically. Uh, and then you flip it over, and here's Uno Dos Trey, Revolution Radio, some song with Miranda Lambert for some reason. Like, okay, I'm done with this album. It's going back in the shelf now. <laughs> I'm just going to go listen to Dookie all over again. Yeah. And Insomniac. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had Insomniac on CD. I want to get that anniversary vinyl at some I've, point. I've got it. I've actually complained about it on the podcast before. Really? Because, Why? Uh, so, so it's nothing against the the album itself because it is a you know it's a fantastic pressing. It sounds great. It's you know it, it, all the songs are there, but you have the second bonus disc, right? Mm -hmm. Now the second bonus disc has some of the songs live on one side of the disc, and then the other side is just like an etching, and it's like, what the fuck am I gonna do with this? Like, why? Just put more music on the other fucking side. What am I gonna do, hang this on my wall and then I can't listen to these live tracks? Because, oh look, pretty art. No, stop doing that. The Pretty Reckless did that shit too. Stop doing that. Either write more music, write less music, squeeze it all onto one fucking disc, or make it a 45 and put it on two fucking discs and fill out both fucking discs. Like, don't fucking put an etching on one side of a playable disc. The Aquabats have also done this. And one of the Aquabats, like, the first time I saw this, I'm like, this is actually pretty cool. And now the more that I get these and I see them, and I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? This is like, it's great artwork, sure. What am I supposed to put it on my wall? How do I listen to the record if it's on my wall? <laughs> like, what, what, what do I do with this? What, what, like, just put more music on the fucking record. It's not that hard, especially your your Green Day. There are there, there's a full fucking album on the first disc, and you only put like four or five songs live from that album on the second disc. Just find the rest of the fucking songs. I'm sure they've played most of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Come on, it's a waste of fucking vinyl. <laughs> kind of is, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I don't know, I got a few records like that, so. I think I do, actually, the more I think about it. No, I got, I got that Aquabats, I got that Green Day, I got that Pretty Reckless. Uh, I do have, like, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles record that is a one-sided record. But, like, that's fine, because it's only one record. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and it is literally, like, they could have put it on a 7-inch but they didn't because they wanted to make it look really fancy or whatever, you know, <laughs> but whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. Got to have gimmicks, I guess, to keep people buying. Yeah. Yeah. But I've got, got to have the product. Yeah. I've got a, I've got an older pressing of Insomniac and I've got that 20th, 20th anniversary, 25th anniversary, whatever it is. So there are a few records I got doubles of just because they put out anniversary releases that had mm -hmm. cool bonus content. Like, I got, uh, what do you call it? I got uh, Linkin Park Hybrid Theory. I got a yeah, couple of copies of that. I got the box set when they did the 20th. For yeah, 
Because I, I had Hybrid Theory, I got a really good deal on it, and then it was like, we're releasing this 20th anniversary edition with reanimation. Like, fuck man, reanimation is their best album. <laughs> Let me buy that. <laughs> so now I got two copies of Hybrid Theory. I've got two copies of Pink Floyd The Wall. I've got two copies of The Platter's Greatest Hits. One is unopened, which is the only reason I have a second copy. Because I found it in another store, I'm like, all right, well, this one's open. I can actually listen to this one. <laughs> this happened completely by accident, but I did have two copies of um, Wu-Tang Clan's Enter the 36th Chamber. Nice, the nice. Chamber. Um, it was funny because I bought the album back when me and my fiance had moved into our apartment, and we found out there was a record shop like a few, like literally a walk down. I'm like, okay, let's go. I got the Weekend's House of... Um, uh, House of Balloons, and that was really cool because that's his first mixtape, and I didn't know he ever had any pressing of them, so I thought that was really dope. And I found that Wu-Tang record, and I'm like, I have to have this. <laughs> like, I have to. It's for the kids, man. Wu-Tang's for the kids. <laughs> yup. <laughs> I just... But then she, but my fiance couldn't remember which one I had. Right. And so she got that one, and then when it came in, I'm like, um, honey... <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. we, she ended up getting a different one I can't remember what that one was called but I I think I've listened to it once so far and it is pretty dope it's like a later later album from them there's a there's a, a band that used to be around in the 80s around here Big Wheelie and the Hubcaps who is apparently uh, Bill Manspeaker's uncle uh, from Green Jello um, but my mom used to be like really into this band Big Wheelie and the Hubcaps and I'm at Revolver one day and I'm just flipping through the used bins and I come across Big Wheelie and the Hubcaps, like, hey, Mom, do you have this album? And I didn't hear back from her right away, so I bought the album and sent it in. And she's like, no, I don't have that. So I mailed it to her, and I found another one the next time I was there and sent that one to her. And then I found another one, and I'm like, you know, hey, Mom, do you have this album? And I, I sent her a picture, and she she doesn't get back to me. So like, yeah, fuck it, I'll just buy it. And she says, she's like, yeah, you already bought that one for me. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I have a big wheelie in the hubcaps record now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, when I'm at Revolver, I'm constantly, like, I have my phone in my hand with my Discogs app open, like, do I have this record? No? Okay, cool, I have it now. <laughs> For me, I remember mostly what I have, but, like, when I'm, when I'm a Revolver, I'm usually just window shopping until I, unless I find just that one thing where I'm like, I sure. gotta have this. I like I tend to go to Revolver on like Friday mornings because that's when they put out all the like used vinyl that they got in for the week. And like that's also when the new releases come out. So if I'm like, you know, I got some extra cash, I'm like, screw it, I'm going to Revolver. And I'll go to Revolver and I'll just flip through the bins and I'll just grab anything that's like, I need to have this on vinyl. Um, that's like in the new used section and I'll I'll just kind of bounce over and like look you got any Phil Collins here that I might have missed you know like used to go with Brian used to go with Brian Brian oh you don't have this now you have it now yup he gets you yep. vinyl for you like, go to a record store with Brian and he's like hey do you have the Sound City soundtrack I'm like no he's like here you have to get it puts it on my pile it's like a sixty dollar record he's like he asked you gotta him get what you gonna spend like. He said, like, what's your budget? <laughs> like, yeah, because my budget fucking matters. <laughs> now you consider my budget. Yeah, my budget never fucking mattered when we, when we go to the record store. Um, I will say, every time I see any, like, green jello for, at any record store, I do think of you, so. <laughs> I've got them all, so. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, actually, uh, they did a record store release. Uh, I think it was last year, and I was like, all right, I gotta get this record store release. And it was one of their older albums, so I wasn't thinking much of it, but it's like, oh, I just, you know, I gotta get this on vinyl. And before I even, like, got home to open the vinyl, like, some of my friends were posting about it because uh, my buddy Dewey from Wyatt Coin is also in green jello and has his picture in there taken by Ryan Craig, the door guy at Tudor Lounge. Okay. So it's like, you know, a picture of Dewey and it's this photo by R. Craig and it's like, dude, I know those guys. That's cool. <laughs> you know? I was talking to this girl and her uncle is in green jello and I'm like, you know, I gotta pull out, I gotta pull out this album. I gotta see if he's in here and he was not on there. I'm like, Damn, that sucks. That would have been cool. I could have sent her the picture and be like, yo, here's your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, why uh, you <laughs> But, uh, yeah. So, that girl actually went to see uh, the New Kids on the Block show the other day, and I, I thought about going, and then they had a day where there was like $20 tickets, and I just completely forgot about it and didn't end up buying them and going. And she posted the video of Rick Astley playing Never Gonna Give You Up at the show. And I'm just like, I really wish I would have went to this fucking show. Yo. <laughs> that's crazy. That's, a, that's another record that I have in my collection that, is, that belongs to Karina. It is uh, the Rick Astley Never Gonna Give You Up uh, single. That's awesome. <laughs> I will give it that. I love that song just due to the fact that it's the biggest meme on the planet. Absolutely. And she hates it for that reason, which is why she has that record. But we did promise we won't play that song. We, it will not be on our set no. list at the show. Wink, wink. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but I, I literally, like, I for Christmas, I when I bought her the Glassjaw record, actually, uh, we did the, it was the first time we did this show live on video. And, uh, like, live streaming on video. And it was like, here's your Christmas present. And she opens it up, because it was actually like a Christmas Day broadcast. She opens it up. I'm like, tell everybody what it is. She's like, it's Rick Astley, never going to give you up. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, I might listen to the instrumental once, but I'm not listening to this. And I'm like, all right, here's your real present. And I gave her the, you know, uh, worship and tribute from Glassjaw. <laughs> so, uh, but, um, you know, who doesn't have bad music is Dope City Kid. And they are playing at Mr. Good Bar, uh, 1110 Elmwood Avenue here in Buffalo with Knutin, Badger Danger, and Garfunkel, part of a Taste of Mutton Fest Part 2. Uh, that's, uh, I didn't write what day. I believe that's Saturday at 8 p.m., $7 at the door, and 21 and up with your ID. Uh, this is Dope City Kid, and this song is called Heart of Gold on All WNY. Think So Joe Show. I'm not well, it's happening again And sometimes late at night Laying down before bed And it won't stop Get closer, he holds her Patient and confident Me. It's all right. 
Dope City Kid I forgot to turn off the damn AC. <laughs> uh, hey Google, turn off Studio AC. Okay. Sorry guys. <laughs> if I set off your uh, if I set off your devices, I apologize. <laughs> it's just it's still 86 degrees out and there are three of us in this tiny room. Yeah. With just a little tiny fan on the desk trying to cool us all off. So song break was like air conditioning. <laughs> And then complain about the gas company. <laughs> My gas got cut off yesterday. That was fun. Yeah. It's not because I couldn't afford to pay them. It's because they refused to take my payments. <laughs> they're like, next thing I know, they're like, yeah, we just cut you off without warning because you owe us 550 bucks. Like, aren't you supposed to send me a cutoff notice? They're like, we did. No, you didn't. I've been checking my mail every day waiting for it because my plan was because now I'm like 550 bucks behind on my fucking gas bill because they refused to take my payment. My plan is to wait for you to send me the budget, the, the uh, you know, payment agreement thing, set that up and then set it up on my debit card and just eat the two bucks a month that it's going to cost me to pay with my debit card because you won't take my fucking checking account. But they never sent me anything. They claimed they did. They're like, oh, we sent it to your email. No, the fuck you didn't. So my gas got cut off. I didn't know until I was taking a shower yesterday. I'm like, I got no hot water. This is, this is not fun. Um, so luckily, so I called this morning and they're like, I will send somebody out in the next 24 hours. I'm like, you can't give me a better, like more accurate window than that. And they're like, they're like, yeah, uh, nope. Within the next 24 hours. And if you're, if you're not able to be there for the guy to get you, you can call back and then your 24 hours resets. I'm like, great, with my luck, this dude's going to show up at like 
<laughs> like, I'm in the middle of a show. I'm going to have to be like, Sam, John, you guys take over. I'm going to go let this dude in. Oh, my God. <laughs> but uh, luckily, he came at, like, 2.30 or 3 o'clock or something like that. So I was able to, like, actually get some sleep, too. Mm-hmm. So it was like, all right, cool. I can sleep. I can shower and still have time to set up for the show. Does the random guy in the back have a name? Yes, his name is Sam. We've told you this seven billion times so yes, far. It's, 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 it's Sam, or if you want to, Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> or you could call him Wasted Reject, that which is, uh, we, we played him earlier in the show, and he's got a show coming up, your very first show, mm-hmm. as Wasted Reject, August 7th at Mohawk Place with The Stolen. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be an interesting time. Okay. Uh, especially since I'm the only one in the bill that's not a band, so All right. I'll, be, I'll most likely be up first. <laughs> um, being in Yellow Sauce, we get booked on bills we should not be part of lots of times, and we're usually the first band. Oh, I was just appreciative I got a show in general. For yeah, sure, it. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But, uh, you know, we like Yellow Sauce, we just opened for Tantric couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I think I remember you saying that. And it's yeah. like, uh, it's like we are like the only acoustic act on this bill, and we're also the only band with a narrator on this bill. <laughs> so. Gotta keep it interesting. They're playing stamps and like, they haven't played stamps in like two years. Yeah, next week, next Friday, John and I, with the Living Brain Dead, we're playing at Stamps. It's the first time in like two and a half years that we've played since Stamps. Since my first show. Since November of 2019, we have not played Stamps, which is surprising because Stamps yeah. is like fucking home. Um, so we haven't played Stamps. We're going to be playing as part of Karina's birthday party. That's going to be a killer fucking lineup. Uh, the Magic Tones are up first. They're, uh, we, it's three acoustic acts and three full bands. Uh, and they're alternating. So we're starting with the Magic Tones. And we're playing. We're, suppo- we're scheduled at 6.15. So if you're coming out to Stamps, come out early. Uh, we're playing at 6.15. Uh, followed by uh, Janie Crash and the Tall Men out of Sotus, dear, dear, dear friends of mine and the show. Uh, followed by Turkey Blaster Omega, uh, which is uh, our our current bass player's drummer, uh, current bass player's brother's band. He's the drummer for Turkey Blaster, uh, ska band out of Rochester. We've got uh, Yellow Sauce is also on that show, uh, but you know we fit on that bill. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, we're closing out the night with Kaiser Solzi, who is a fantastic artist out of Rochester. Uh, was actually the catalyst for all of us who got into the last Warp Tour uh, with the local stage. Uh, like us, you know, Ryan, Ryan Gurnett and I getting to do, um, you know, a podcast straight from, like a live broadcast from there and announcing all the local bands and doing some shtick in between bands, which was uh, really cool. Uh, Kaiser was the one that got us all of that. So Kaiser's pretty cool, man. I, uh, I, he was actually a part of that show in, uh, in Rochester where, you know, with just one more and all them that, uh, was supposed to be the green jello show and didn't end up being a green jello show. So. Yeah, I'll definitely be there. I'll definitely be at that show. Yeah. <laughs> 615 we're playing apparently, so. Which I will we, probably just make it at the nick of time. <laughs> we, which means we gotta be there like super fucking early because we got the in-ear shit we gotta set yeah. up. So. Which is cool because then we can just sound check and like the Magic Tones can play like right yeah. up until 6.15 and we can just go up on stage and start. <laughs> well, at least, well, at least you won't have to worry about. Yeah, right, that's true. Right, right, right. 
which was uh, which was uh, you know you know Katie's coming in on on Thursday to uh, to do band practice so he can you know just rehearse everything before the show. Uh, you live at Stamps? No, I do not live at Stamps. I actually moved out. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a whole another story. Give random guy in the back. His name is Sam. And you've been calling me random guy. Random guy in the back this whole time, so if that's not another name, then I don't know what's going to get through here. I love the title, though. She's John's second biggest fan. John's second biggest. Who's John's first biggest fan? That's, that's what I want to know. Who is John's first biggest fan? Probably his mother. <laughs> yes. She drove you to practice yesterday. We saw your mom. <laughs> and your dad picked you up. <laughs> yeah. I've been seeing your dad a lot because your dad's been driving you everywhere, but I saw your mom yesterday and I was, uh, she was waving to everybody saying hello. <laughs> and we haven't seen them much since we moved out to Kenmore for, uh, for practice. No, yeah. So we haven't been to your house. You're always welcome. Yeah, I, was, I got no way to get there, so. <laughs> oh, he's the first biggest fan. His, his mom is the first biggest fan, yeah. No, his mom, oh yeah. Yeah, his mom. <laughs> uh, jo uh, Johnny Mercury says he's your first biggest fan he did buy a t-shirt yes he did I, I got the notification during the, during the first song break that he I bought a t-shirt I haven't even done that yet yeah I, get, I got three colors Was Yeah, John, black colors. black red and blue John hit me up and uh, I'll give you the address you can send that to and we'll we'll sign it for you and send it right back to you as soon as we can so <laughs> Uh, definitely, you know, and and again, anybody wants to buy merch from merch.thinksojo.com, have us sign it. We can, you know, just send it to us. We'll send it right back to you. Uh, same with Living Brain Dead merch. If you want mm -hmm. Living Brain Dead merch signed, we've got a ton of it on shop.livingbraindead.com. Send that back to us, and we'll send it to you with signed. Or if you're buying shit that we have on hand, we could just sign it and then send it to you. Um, John three sixteen. <laughs> all right we know what austin 316 says what does john 316 say i mean like j-o-n 316 because there's obviously the bible verse john 316 which is yeah, which is which is what god gave his only begotten son or is that what the fuck that is i don't know yeah. I, I don't know I'm well, not... john 316 for me oh john i don't know actually john 316 says i just broke my foot <laughs> John 3.16 just says and thou must get drumsticks the day of the show and be two hours late to the set I don't know man like, the he's, I've, I've been on time he, we've been, I've going, been, on time we've been going to Guitar Center on like earlier in the week and he's been buying drumsticks and whatever he needs okay that's good for you guys <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but when we had him he was always I think well because usually he'll center. mention He'll mention wanting to go to Guitar Center. I'll be like, yo, I need to do some shit too. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I need to go again. I need to get some of those, uh, you know, the drums. Oh, the gels? Yeah, gels. Okay. I got to get a, I gotta get a setup done on my Harley Benton there because I want to play that oh. one at the show. I guess I'll put like a Guns N' Roses thing. John 316, Welcome to the Jungle or <laughs> Paradise City or something. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking of saying at the show, because like I want to acknowledge the fact that we haven't played stamps in like two and a half years. So I'm thinking like when we get to that point, I'm just gonna be like, "Holy shit, do you know where we are?" No, John, we're not in the jungle. 
John, That's where John, I had my first show. <laughs> John 316. It's coming. It's coming. Ah, uh, crap. John, John 16, it's coming in crutch. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, coming in crutch. John, what do you feel about a head sticks? Because use, Johnny uses those. Head sticks? A head sticks. I guess that must be a brand. Sticks and heads? I don't, I don't know. You're the drummer. You should know these things. <laughs> oh, like, um, like the wooden tips or the plastic tips? Is that what I, you mean? I don't... <laughs> We'll give him a second to answer because it's, you know, stream delay, but I don't know. I'm thinking of buying an electronic drum kit. Been thinking about it. Worth an investment. I'm thinking because, like, you know, when I get ideas, I can just kind of do a rough drum. Carbon sticks that Joey Jordison used. Oh. Oh. Um, I used them, like, twice, and... um, I did like them a lot, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I haven't I I used them. Maybe I was like twenty, so it's been a long time since I used them. But I did like them though. I so they used to have the Joey Jordanson snare snare drum, yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, yeah, that uh, sold it. Yeah, John, I miss it. it though. I really do. It was like a cannon. John te- John texts me before a show one time, like literally the day before a show. <laughs> like, hey, do you know anybody in any of the other bands? Because uh, I need to know if I can borrow one of their snares. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I Karina knew Angel from Knuton. I didn't really know him m- very well at that point. Yeah, it was his um, Butterbean, the 16... 16- and then you, so you, yeah, you're like, you bought a snare drum from me. So, so, which was the start of like all this money you owe me now. Um, cause I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll just grab you a fucking, like, I'll, I found you a used snare at Guitar Center out in Canada. I still have it. In Tonawanda. And, um, uh, cause we had to go pick up Katie and it's just like, yo, let's go. Can we just swing around the corner, go to Guitar Center, pick up this, uh, this snare drum for John? And like, Knuton was gonna let you use theirs. So you were you were good either way. Um, so we go to we go to Guitar Center, and uh, the guy's like, "Yeah, let me go find it for you." And he's going and he's looking, and we're just standing there like, I think that's it right there behind the counter. He's like gone, and he's in the back. He's like, "Look, I'm like, pretty sure that's the dr- that's the drum we just bought. Pretty sure that's it right there." Dude's looking and looking and looking. He finally comes back. He's like, I don't know where it is. I'm like, uh, "Is that it right there?" Like, yes, it is. Here you go. <laughs> Which is not the first time I've done that to somebody at Guitar Center. It's not the first time we've had to deal with something like that, too, but not with you specifically. I remember we were playing this house show once. Oh, yeah, yeah. And about, like, two days before the show, we had a practice, or we had either a practice or a hangout beforehand, and Chris just says, yeah, my guitar is shattered. (laughs) And I'm just like... How did, How did you, you do, do that? that two days before our show? Like, wh- what? He's like, threw it down the stairs. Why the f*** you threw it down the stairs? Jesus. I'll tell you what, man. In my old band, my original bass player, we're, we are, like, packing up and getting ready for a show, and his... No, you know what happened is we were, we were rehearsing before the show, and his bass just fucking died on him. Like, would not produce sounds through an amplifier. 
So we ended up fucking going to Walmart, who for some reason had a first act base in stock, <laughs> in stock. And we go to fucking Walmart, we buy this first act base. And like, he's, so for like <laughs> the longest time, he's, I don't, I still to this day don't think he ever bought another base. But he was using this first act base until like he got kicked out of the band. And uh, like the guitar player from that band at that time went on to be in another band that I ended up later getting involved with. And when I went to his place to like learn the parts, he was like, look what I still got. <laughs> he still had the first act base. I don't know why. I like, what are the odds Walmart had a first act base in stock? Very slim. <laughs> <laughs> Random guy in the back. Why is John so pretty? <laughs> uh, must be must be the shampoo or conditioner he uses. I have no clue. John, two Thanks separate pedals. Two separate pedals or double pedals? Uh, double. I saw a thing on the internet the other day. It said if you're moving your drummer's gear, you do not grab the, the double pedals by the thing that connects the pedals. But using two double bass drums there from a actual double kick pedal. It's a little different feeling though. But I, I kind of just prefer some, like, I don't, I don't like carrying all that stuff around. If you're in a local band, and this isn't a shot at anybody because I do know a couple of people who do this. If you're in a local band, why the fuck do you need double bass drums? <sighs> I'm not against it. I say I know one in particular. I know a couple, and, and I, I, you know, no offense to them if, they, you know, I, I get the aesthetic, and I get, like, mm -hmm. I, I will say that both of them are Metallica fans. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not against it, but it's just a lot to... It's a lot to carry. Yeah. If you're, a, if you're in, in a car. local band, and you can get away with a double kick pedal, why bother with the double... So, that, that, that's... I prefer double kick. Quite honestly, it's a, it's a, it's an, it's a, I think it's a fair question, right? Like, yeah. like, why would you make that much more work for yourself? <laughs> I guess the aesthetic, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I know, I, I know a couple. And I, I, I mean, no offense by asking that question. I just literally. It looks cool, though. It looks cool, that. but yeah. man, it takes up a lot of room on stage. Especially like, so, um. You know, if you're opening for a national and the national is backlined, now you've got this big, you got this big ass kit taking up a ton of room on the stage, where the rest of your band can move around. You know, if you if you only had one kick drum, I don't know. I, I you know, if it, you know, I get it's a preference. I get you know, but like, I, I'm not a drummer. I don't know. I done it like twice. I used to. Two bass drums, but it was like my, like I was like seventeen, sixteen. She could get you a double bass drum, and we just so we keep the keep the the shield logo on the one, and then we put the the established logo on the other. Oh, the my drum logo. set was a monster kit, but I sold the other half to Jeff. Right. <laughs> John drummer influences. His are David Silvera from Corn and Mike Borden from Faith No More. Okay, good influence. My influence. Ooh, that's good. What did uh, uh Dave Grohl? Obviously, uh, Travis Barker. Um, if I had to say, uh, ooh, there's a lot actually. I have a lot of people. Um, <laughs> Joey Jordison is definitely one of them. 
Big you know, fan. I mentioned that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, Shredder's Revenge. I mentioned that earlier. And actually, uh, the lead singer from Faith No More actually does the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme in that game. I did not know that until later on. But I'd been, I'd been playing that game for a while by that point. I actually got the soundtrack coming. I think it's like shipping in like October or something. <laughs> But it's got, it's, you know, it's got uh, the dude from Faith No More. It's got uh, Mega Ran is on it. And also uh, a couple of members of Wu-Tang Clan, I think. Ooh. It's Red Man and somebody else. I can't think of who. <laughs> and I said my drum teacher, Nick Mason. Nick Mason. Not, not Pink Floyd Nick Mason. No. <laughs> Nick Mason. I've known Nick Mason for a for a long ass time. I don't know that I'd like recognize him if I saw him because I didn't like know him, know him, but he was uh, actually funny enough. I posted on Instagram about us playing music as art and I was talking about the first time I ever went to music as art, it was in the Good Carmel Records parking lot. Like way before it expanded to this big ass, you know, huge all day, like expanding all across Riverworks in that area, like before it was a huge festival like that, they had like three or four stages down at Good Carmel Records. And, um, man, these are good mics. I heard you scratching your beard. And, <laughs> um, but, um, and my friend Heather Meir was playing and her drummer was uh, Mr. Nick Mason. Great so I guy. Knew, I, Great I knew, guy, though. I knew Nick from, uh, from him playing in Heather's band and he was, uh, you know, he was also uh, in a band I can't remember the name of, but we, uh, my old band, played with them on a New Year's Eve show one time. You could blame him because that's how I, why I hit so hard. It's all his <laughs> fault. <laughs> uh, you know what? I got to tell you, like having the in ears in, I am so glad you hit those drums so hard because I don't have to worry about how I'm getting drums into the mix at shows. I just wait for you to take the earphone headphones off and I start playing. <laughs> Yeah, you, I, I saw you with our new bass player. You waited for him to figure out how to put his earbuds in before you... <laughs> Man, he, it was his first time playing with in-ears, so we're trying to teach him how to put the in-ears in. He put them on uh, with the cable going forward, and he, like, put the... He, like, pushed the little plastic part that, that had like... It, yeah, just... It, like, he had oh, it like up under his chin, so it's like the cable's coming down around behind his you. I'm like, dude, no, you you put that on behind you, and it goes down your back. Like, <laughs> I you got, got it though. I got new in ears, man. They got foam tips, so they stay in my ears really well. It was that was pretty cool because like I was having problems with those silicone tips, just like. <laughs> now I got the foam ones. They stay in pretty well, so hopefully I can they'll last through a whole show and. <laughs> I won't have to like fuck with my ear earpieces after every song. <laughs> uh, like the turtles reference in the Aqua Teen movie, Mastodon did a song for the intro. The wrote that song in an hour. Random fact: I never saw the Aqua Teen movie. I think I own it, but I don't think I ever specifically like sat down to watch it. So here's a problem I have with this new mixer: is I have no idea how long any of these songs are. So. I'm going to probably give it a couple of minutes here, maybe a minute or two, before we start playing this last song, because I don't know how long it is. So I don't know how long after 8 o'clock we're going to go if I hit the button now or later. So we're going we're gonna to maybe uh, talk for a minute about uh, August 7th at Mohawk Place with The Stolen. You could go see Random Guy in the back here perform his uh, first set as Wasted Reject. Yes, definitely come on out. Tickets are 12 bucks. You can hit me up or you can wait till the day before, just as long as you 
you know, say my name to the ticket people. A lot of stuff comes a long way. <laughs> it's one of those deals where you gotta, where like they're gonna ask at the door who they're seated so they can split the money that oh, way. Oh yeah, it's an FGMP yeah. show. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> say no more. <laughs> uh, I walk in the door and Greg's like, "Who do you want to see? Who are you here to see?" I'm like, "Everybody." <laughs> He's like, "Oh, anybody specific?" Nope, everybody. <laughs> like, give them all my fucking money. Each one of them gets a piece of my fucking money. <laughs> okay, um, here, here's one dollar from you. Yeah, exactly. One dollar for you. <laughs> Y'all get it. My dollar. when I was booking shows, my philosophy was always, you know, I'm gonna split the. I I'm going to divide. I'm gonna round up to like the nearest, you know, five or ten or whatever. I'm gonna divide that by the number of bands. That's what each band is gonna get, and then I'm gonna take whatever's left over on top of that. So, like, you know, the bands would go home with, like, 20, 30 bucks, and I'd go home with, like, 10. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, like, I thought it was a fair way of doing it. Uh, anyway, no offense to Greg. Greg's got his way of doing it, and it works for him. So, you know, whatever. Um, anyway, so this is um, a band called Market Research. They're playing Saturday at Nietzsche's. That's at 248 Allen Street in Buffalo. There's an excuse for you to go to Nietzsche's. Uh, with Ratchet Snacks and the Knockoffs. Uh, that shows at 9 p.m., $5 at the door, 21 and up with your ID. Uh, this is Market Research, and this song is called Used To on all WNY Think So Joe show, and we'll see you next, next week. week.
that has ever been different. I'm tired of complaining. I know that I'm so draining. I'm not sad. Just miserable to be around. But I'm still making changes, baby. Someday I'll be better. Don't you leave me now. I'll show you how. Oh, it's not that. Been different.